Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Back Podcast with me, Kevin Regan. In this first ever series, we bring you a show called My Time in the Gansey. Here we look at the careers of many well-known former footballers and hurlers who soldiered with Carlo, but also taking in some of their fondest memories from the club game, as well as deep personal stories. Next guest comes from Munster Rangers. He's known as the legend, of course, down that direction, and it's Mr. James Hickey. James, of course, a former hurler and footballer with Carlo, and the man I've interviewed many times before, but the first time on the podcast. James, you're very welcome. Yeah, thanks very much, Kevin. Uh, good to be here. Uh, fair play to you for doing this. Different times, I suppose, from the last time I was talking to you, for a media sense, we have COVID-19 going on, and I suppose it's a good time to reminisce and look back at different things that's happened down through the years. You were lucky enough to play with Carlo for football and hurling, and um, some fond memories, no doubt. Oh yeah, look, I had... Um... I had a few great years there, you know. Um, probably spent a bit more time with the hurlers than the footballers, but um, great memories. Played with some great players, great characters. Um, look back on it now with, with fondness, you know. Take us back to down in Ballamurphy and the early days, I suppose, getting involved in hurling and football. I know your your father, Pat, is a, a big GA man. So yourself, Willie and Andrew, of course, no doubt were out poking around constantly. Yeah, I had a had a field beside the house and had a big electric pole going through it and two wires and I remember going out with a young lad with the boys and I suppose the task was to who could get the ball up over the wire. I remember spending countless hours and days trying to get that ball over the wire and then when you'd eventually do it you'd feel like a hero and then it was to step back a bit and go farther away from it and keep doing it and oh god fun fun memories of doing that. Um, I suppose when we were coming through the ranks, there wasn't much success in in this part of of Carlo. Um, we were, for want of a better word, I remember Anthony Daly was one day the whipping boys. We were definitely the whipping boys of Carlo. Um, that time, you know, it was intermediate hurling. It was all at, at underage. It was all B's and C's, and I remember winning under twelve. Now, I was only a sub on the team on the top pitch of Bagnestown. God, that's many years ago now, but that was a B final. It was kind of our first success ever. And my father was over that team and it kind of progressed from there. We were only reminiscing over it there the other night. Myself, Gary Edward and Frank, we have an old uh, WhatsApp chat group. And we were just saying, my father, Carlo were after winning the All-Ireland B in 92. And my father is standing in the back and he has the suit on him. Gary said he looked like one of these premiership managers, but uh, it was, uh, they were fun down memories. And I suppose it kicked off from there then, you know, and um, came up along the ranks then, I suppose. We we got to our own first under 16 A final in, I'd say it was 94. Michel Bettis, it was in Bagnestown, Michel Bettis, three or four points. They had a fierce good team that time. I remember Dermot Foley, uh, the two Murphys, um, Des is two young lads. Um, big, strong, physical team. And um, they beat us. And we kind of stuck with it. And, and two years later, we ended up actually winning the minor A. That was 96. And when the Rangers was formed in 88, they won the minor intermediate. They went up senior, but came straight back down. But it kind of fell off the cliff. Kind of that success was a kind of where they looked at it as instant and it was probably a glimpse of what was to come. It didn't materialise that way. Um, I suppose it took until 2006 
or 96, sorry, to win that minor. And that team then got back to the minor final in 97 and might should beat us be a point. Um, I remember quite a great story about this. We were we were meeting over in the hurling field before that, that minor final. We were going for two in a row and Andrew was working with a lad at the time anyway and the match was on a Saturday, three o'clock in Carlo. And of course, Andrew anyway thought the lad that he worked for was bringing him. He was going off to do a job. Andrew was working back at the plant and he, your man used to go to all the matches. Andrew thought your man was bringing him. He never showed up in the field. So we all went to Carlo anyway. Just about to go on the field, no sign of Andrew. So we played the first half. We were level at half time. So Andy arrives into the dressing room at half time anyway. The boys put him straight in. Ten minutes after half time, he was gone, red card. And so we ended up losing that one by a point. So it was it was a late start for him, but it was a quick ending. But um we lost that by a point. But that team stayed together then as well. And I suppose we progressed to under twenty one then and got to the under twenty one final in two thousand against Michel and Michel beat us. Michel was kind of the old foe, you know, and and you know, they they got the better of us after a replay. And then in two thousand and one we beat Nave Breed in, in the under twenty one final and it was um that was probably the start of it. That was that was the big one. Um we reached the senior final that year, the under twenty one team. A kind of that time, two thousand and one Ballykillen had a super team coming and we kind of had a had a good team coming too and it was a kind of I suppose we were keeping our eyes kind of on them and they were keeping our their eyes on us and Ballykillen were starting to come the two Welshes the Duke the Duke very prominent over in Ballykillen you know and God they had a star to the team and we beat them in the semi-final in Bangnestown Jimmy McAvoy was full forward I think he scored 3-2 or 3-3 that day and we beat him and we ended up beating Nave Breeden in the final. Um, and that kind of kick-started, I suppose. That year in the goal was to get to the senior semi-final. And we got to the senior semi-final. First, kind of, the Rangers had been in the, the semi-final in a kind of 94. But, um, you know, one day, a kind of, the club made a decision, the, the senior squad, that the goal was to get into the semi-final. This would be progress, to get into the senior semi-final we had won in 96 as well as winning the minor we had won the junior we had won the intermediate 97 we had got back to the minor final we went up senior we were getting bippy that minor team probably six or seven of them went straight into senior in 97 Edward, Gary, Frank myself John and Willie came a kind of the next year um we kind of stuck together then between 97 and 2000, took fair baitings along the way. I remember the first senior hurling match in 97, Michel about, I think it was about four, maybe 28 to one, three or four in Bagnestown. And, and the following Saturday night playing, playing St. Mullins and they beaten us 30 points to three. And, but we stuck with it. Um, guess we had no choice, you know. Um, good group of lads all knocking around the home. Um, none had any intentions to travel kind of our life was in Ballamurphy and the surrounding area so stuck together and then in 2001 as I say when we won that under 21 the goal to get to the senior semi-final beat Bagnestown in Kildavin, uh six points to five uh, I remember being in in the foundry that night after the match and, and with a couple of the boys and, and there's a great story about Pat Finlan and Padraig Hill and uh, Michel in the title of Pat Finlan and St. Mullins and Padraig Hill, the boys would be brother-in-laws and one of our lads was in the cubicle anyway and doing a number two and, <laughs> and 
Pat Finlay came in anyway, and Parik, you're always there, I think, and somebody said, we had to match, and yeah, 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 no, I weren't that, but Rangers won, and what was the score? 6-5, and I think one of the others said, what did the other team score? But that was the score, six points to five. Um, so we went into the semi-final again, then against Michel, and I suppose the way of expectation was gone because the goal was to get to the semi-final. That for that year was progress. First senior semi-final, I think, in, in eight or nine years. Only the second one in the history of Mount Easter Rangers. And after winning the under-21, and we ended up beating Michel in, in the semi-final. And we got to the county final then. And Ballinkillen were at the other side. They knocked St. Mullins out at the same time. So you had, there was going to be a new champion, Rangers or, or Ballinkillen. And um, unfortunately, it wasn't a V for us. Best team won on the day, Ballinkillen. Um, the Duke had one of many great games for, for them um, that time and some great hurlers on that team too Stephen O'Brien as I said the Welshes you know they had a good team they were kind of coming there to win three minors in a row kind of around that time as well um, and then 2002 got back to the semi-final lost it against Michel that was I guess the 2001 final was a kind of an experience for us it was where the goal was to get to the semi-final. I think, I won't say we disrespected the final a bit, but it was like, it was nearly a kind of a novelty more so in the county final. And I suppose when we got betting that and we took the winter to reflect, we kind of said, kind of, it wasn't an opportunity missed because we weren't good enough on the day, but it was, you know, maybe we didn't take that as serious as we should have. Got back in semi-final 2002, lost it. Um, Michael beat us. That was a tough one to take. That was heartbreaking. It started to mean a lot in 2003, back to the final, beaten again. Michel, uh, semi-final four, beaten Nave Breed. They beat us on that day. Um, Johnny Kavanagh had a, had a great game that day. 2005, then back to the county final, lost it again. So over a five-year period, three finals, two semi-finals. Um, but stuck together. Um where a lot of supporters was probably losing faith in us at that stage because the great Ballamurphy team in the 80s, they lost three out of four finals. Uh, they lost four finals, sorry, in five years, 80, 81. They weren't in in 82 and they lost 83 and 84. So I suppose it was a kind of deja vu that, that this team just hadn't the bottle to, to win one and it was just a thing down around this part that we hadn't the bottle to, to get over that finish line. And then in six... By by the gods' will, we we got over the line and won the county final. A great result for that group of players to keep coming back. And once we kicked down that door in six, the whole thing took off. You know, what was the turning point? Do you think in two thousand and six? Because you'd obviously lost all those finals. Where did the change of mindset come in? Um, I just think that as I suppose when we were, I suppose. When you're born into GA, it's great. When you're born into a winning kind of mentality in a club, it's it's even better. We were a kind of where we had great people leading the club and that kind of the club had never won nothing. So the resolve probably wasn't there. It wasn't there. And the maturity definitely wasn't there from us as a group. I think that... We we had a group, they stuck together. There was probably a group of six to eight core that probably from around 96 to a kind of 2014 that were there for that period, 18 years. But um, I think just with every year, 
we hurt more and more and more. And in 2006, like six, we were we were five points down in that six final, which I would say 11 minutes to go. Sean Michael got a free, 21-yard free. Dublin ended the county grounds. And I remember it like it was two seconds ago. And he was going for a goal. Five points down in the county final, he was going he was going for the Union bike. Sean Michael would be a deadly striker of a dead ball and completely misheated. And I remember it rolling up with the side of the goal. And I remember that time, if you remember, the signs would be behind the goal. And I, I can still hear the echo of the ball just hitting off the sign. I remember saying to myself, God, now again. And Sam once poked out that ball and we hit nine points in 11 minutes to go from five down to four up in that county final. And Sam once got a point in after that and we won by, by three points. And it was just, I think, it was an, an accumulation of just too much hurt. And were we going to be always the whipping boys? And were we going to have that tag like our forefathers had of, of just not being able to get over the line? And, and don't get me wrong, they were they were great people. Like, you you look at that, like, Frank's father was on a Tom, like, he was an outstanding fullback, Tom Foley. Um, my father was on a, the Burns, the Big Birds, uh, father was on it, Eddie, a grey hurler as well, Dennis and, and Jack Murphy's father, Michael. Like, and then boys, I suppose, stuck kind of with us with the Rangers and and they're still there to this day, you know, and, and they have enjoyed great success on the back of us and it's with us winning, it's the very same as them winning, you know, it's like their losses have, have now been put to bed as well. But I think that um, just... I think it's maturity is is a great thing. It's like, and you, I suppose it's it's like now, as we were at this part of our life, you'd love to go back and say to yourself, God, if if you know if we had been just a little bit more mature and took it a little bit more serious. I'm not saying we didn't make it serious, but when you go in and hurl with a county team that time or kick football with a county team, you know you 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 go in quickly and you leave the bag down in the corner, and you know because nearly who are these guys? Do you know that sort of way as because you had big characters there, big clubs saying one of them might dominate and Carrotown would win every every now and again. And, you know, you would just go in there and you'd lay down your bag and you'd go play. And if anybody said something to you, a train or anything, you'd do it, you know. And I suppose it was getting that maturity to stand on our own two feet and, and be our own men. And I think that came, I think that came big time in 2006 and, and the following years, you know. Yeah, of course, 2007, you make it back-to-back, you beat St. Mullins again. Sean Michael with the hand of God. And then a bit of a setback in 2008, of course, when Nebreed scored with that last-minute goal. And I actually looked at that recently. I think it was like 22 seconds or something later, the ball was poked out and it's game over and it's heartbreak. Yeah, That yeah. obviously took us toll on you, personally and as a team. Uh, DJ, that was... <laughs> at the time, that was... That was um, shattering stuff for us you know and and I suppose in six the winter of six we we had a meeting and and we were really developing into into a kind of strong characters we had a meeting a players meeting and, and management had never be discussed at a players meeting we had it for ourselves right we're county champions we were after losing the the bank holiday weekend the Halloween bank holiday weekend we went up to Quave Kiran and got beaten in it but again that was kind of like bonus territory now you know we didn't think we were going to win Lens or anything but that was a novelty you're representing Carlo a day out and a few beers afterwards but um, we had a meeting a kind of that winter and players meeting and where do we go from here now lads do, is that going to be it we've got one no one 
Elson the parish has one. Do we take that one and park it and shake hands here now and go, or do we give this a rake lash now and come back and see what we can achieve? And we came back in seven and won it. Had it had the meeting again in eight now or the end of seven, and now the target was to go for three in a row. And the three in a row, to be fair, wasn't mentioned. It, it was very very rarely it was mentioned, maybe on a supporters level, but in in eight, I suppose we were um we were raging hot favourites at say going into it. Um now Breed were always tricky though. Now Breed were, were were a tricky team. When they got it together, they could get it together. They always had that thing, they could get it together, and if they got it together, they were going to take beating. But you know, they had they had great players, you know, Johnny Johnny Nevin, Johnny Cavan and these lads, Martin Keaton, the Brennans, all these lads, you know, through the years. But um I suppose for me personally the ball went out for 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 a sixty five and and it was x amount of minutes into injury time and and I remember Brendan Lawler took the sixty five he was dropping into the square and I remember I said to Frank uh, leave this to me I I want to go for this and so the ball came in anyway and I went up for it batted it out to the to kind of to the side it deflected off me hurl there where you come out in the tunnel I can I can still see it and someone went out picked up the ball and. Tomas Murphy was cornerback and I was kind of moving out and I was kind of right on the end line and whoever it was went to strike the ball for an air breed across the square and it hit off me off the jaw uh, and it hit off me right hand side of my jaw but it went back out for a 65 on my left hand side I I can never imagine how that happened but um, and then this the second 65 was being taken and you know everybody was just waiting for the whistle Where where's this whistle and I remember saying to myself, I'm going to get this ball and, and the 65 was taken and, and I can still see it like it's standing there now in front of me and the ball is coming to me straight down on top of my head and it's like it's in the air forever and it's like this is my ball all day and I'm just about to go for it and Edward's in front of me and Edward shouts, leave it. And like it's a regret I do have. I... I Stop for that second, that split second, and the next thing somebody comes, the next thing Edward's gone. It all happened, and I, I, I swear to you, I just cannot remember. All I can remember is just Edward leave it. The next thing I just relax for a split, not even a second. The next thing Edward's gone, somebody's after giving him a shot. There's no sign of the ball, and the next thing I hear this roar, and I just turn and I can still see the net shaking. Ball is booked out, game over. But I suppose. Moving on from that, that winter, I would look back at that now and say that that defeat met us because we had a meeting that winter and we made a promise to ourselves that we'd never lose a tight game again. And if you look at at the following years, like we won an All Ireland semi final, be a point. We won a Leinster final, be a couple of points. We won county finals, be a point or two points. But in tight games, I remember the following year we played Bangnestown in in nine, and it was. Um, Bagnestown were we were three points up or whatever and and huge crowd came from the town and the town had kind of had come out of nowhere they had, they had been beaten I think maybe the year before in the semi-final or something and huge crowd from the town that day but three points and I remember talking to people afterwards I never felt on the field that day we were going to be beaten but I remember the supporters saying afterwards God just are trying to kill us um, we thought it was going to be the same as last year but we actually we had a more sense of calmness on the field because we had learned, and I get it's I guess it's like from one to five, learning to get over the line in six. 
from eight learning of what can happen, just be that little bit more mature. If the ball is there, it is your ball, no matter who calls for it. If you think you can get it, it's your ball. Um, I believe that that um, had had a huge bearing on us, on our career, at that Nave Breed victory or that Nave Breed loss, because it, it gave us the, kind of the, the tougher mentality, this can't happen, you have to close out games. And, and again, I don't want to look back at that with, with regret that Nave Breed beat us. Again, the best team won on the day. You play till the final whistle and you learn that too as you get older. If, you, if you're not good enough to win it in 60 minutes, you're not good enough. The other team were better than you. And, and they breed one of them fair play to them. And where we pushed on, they kind of fell apart. But however, then 10 came in and 10 Dennis was gone with crew. Just, just quickly, if I can interrupt yeah. on 09, because you said you learned lessons. However... Owen Summers was very close to getting a goal at the end. What's your memories of that? Um, I, I think that was probably a bit... I think people think that maybe was a bit closer than it was. I never felt from the start of that whistle to the to the last whistle that we were in any danger. I felt that we probably on the day we weren't clinical enough. Bangmastown, no disrespect to them now. Bangmastown pushed us to the to the pin of our collar. But it's, it's a count... It's a county final and that's what you expect. Like the day you go out to win a county final and you win it be 20 points, that's that's a kind of a lucky day. You see Kilkenny doing it to Watford in eight and that. But then you look before that, Kilkenny won five in a, or went for five all the finals there in that and they had a freak one in eight where everything went right for them on the day and Watford kind of didn't show up. Um they're freak ones. Other than that, no matter who you're playing, you're pushed to the pin of your colour. And that Bangnestown team, would, would, again, with the calibre of players they have, and we live in a small county too, so, you know, everybody knows each other. And, and you're never going to get anything soft like the Minchins, Rona Minchin, all Minchin, them lads, Jacko, Styler. Like they, they, these boys had quality hurlers, but at the same time, I felt we were mature enough that day to get over the line. At, and that's the way it transpired. Now, we ended up on the back of that victory getting to our first Leinster final against Freshford and losing a big all. And again, and I think I said this to you before, when when Freshford bet us and that, they went down to Limerick and bet St. Liberties in the semi-final be a point and hammer goals in the all the final. If we went ahead, if we had went to Limerick, I don't think we would have bet Liberties because again, it was a stepping, stepping stone, stepping stone. And... I suppose that kind of opened up our eyes, losing the freshman with three points that we weren't actually that far away now from another big step, you know what I mean? Yeah, so then obviously another setback kind of with St. Mons in 2010. They won that one. You came back then and won 2011 after two outrageously tough games against Michael. I know there was Rouse, I think, possibly the second one to start. Um, your memories of that day, I suppose, on the field and off the field? Don't have any memories of the Rouse. Uh, was there a row? <laughs> was there? You're very selective with your memory. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, look, there was, there was, there was. Um, I suppose we were a kind of. Um, I suppose we were trying to push on, and, and look, Michel had been hadn't been hadn't won a final since five, and now they're back against us in eleven, and. They were after, I suppose, unlike Michael going into the wilderness a little for, for a few years. And yeah, they came back again, again, us in 11. And I suppose, and we growing up along, 
I suppose the monkey on our back was kind of my shell. Um, and they were the standard bears in Carlo. Like, like there's when you get older, you kind of, as I said to you, when you mature more, you kind of realize what, as a club, what, what they have achieved and their consistency over the years and winning a double in 86 and, and all that, you know, or 88, whichever one it was. But, um, like, a fierce proud club with, with fierce proud tradition and I suppose we had never stepped out of their shadows we had played them in a couple of county finals they had beaten us in a couple of county finals we couldn't just seem to get over them in a final they had beaten us in that under 21 in 2000 yes we beat them in a minor in 96 they came back and beat us in 97 um, so I suppose they were a kind of a, a an elephant in the dressing room you know that this was this was the one, and probably we lost the first day where we were trying to be very controlled and and much of our physical team. You know, they're they're well able to play hurling, but they're well able to to play a stylish brand of hurling. But they, they'll throw you around the place if you let them throw you around the place, and that's no disrespect, definitely to Michael, But um, you know, you have to be at at you know the the full of your health playing in ways, um. And I guess the first day we were bullied a bit and we allowed that to happen. And I guess the second day we were lucky enough to get the draw and the second day, you know, I suppose that week, that seven-day turnaround, we kind of had said that we, we won't be bullied the next day. And I guess that there was a couple of, of, of handbags before the match and, and it led to handbags all over the field. But I still think that, um, you know, it, it ended up to being a cracking crack final and... We, we were lucky enough to get, get out of it. And, and I guess when we got over that one, and that was the monkey finally off the back. Now you had beaten Moishal in a county final. You've beaten Sam Mullins. You've beaten Bagnestown. Do you know what I mean? It's not just that you've beaten one team. Now, you know, they're being coming at us and, and we're finally able to get over these teams. That was a kind of a, the start of a, a golden era over the next three years where we went on to, to do kind of great stuff, you know. So that was the starting block for a trip to Crow Park that went over Michael in the county final. Yeah. You went on, you won Leinster and got the Kroger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And great memories, you know, and and it was got a fantastic time, fantastic period, and you know, but as I said, like, you know, you looked around that dressing room that time and, and there was leaders everywhere, you know. And as somebody remarked to me one day when you went in and dropped your bag in the dressing room, you look to your left, you look to your right, or you look straight across the room. You had men that go to the Welfia, and it was it, it was the same for other clubs in Carlo through the years. That Michel team that we've been talking about there in the eighties and the early nineties that won six in a row. Sam Mullins had great teams like that. I remember the, the early part of the nineties, um, and we just wanted to be one of them teams. And and finally, we had them men in the dressing room, you know, and and we. We went on and we went into Northern Park and we bet Dan's four team, Richie Hogan and Paul Murphy were all stars and, you know, to go into their backyard. We always loved playing in Northern Park. We were after playing eight, eight times, I think. We, we had played eight times in Northern Park. We had never been beaten it. And we bet Freshford or we bet Dan's Fort. We loved playing there and went into a Leinster final and went to, to Selbridge, up to Newbridge and we were playing Selbridge and, Tough game and lucky enough to come out with that. And then we went to Parnell Park for the All Ireland semi final to play Robert Emmett's and got over there, be a point, 
great game. Remember, Derek Byrne scored in a, a, a super score from the sideline over on the far sideline from the middle of the field. It was like he just flicked it with his wrists. I remember it was it was a big moment in the game with about 10 minutes to play and and we kind of pushed on from there and then we went up to the all the final and sure, that was an unbelievable experience, you know, a great night. A big turning point as well in the second half. Um, wing forward, of course, for the Armagh boys was causing havoc and it was one of the few times Edward Cody was probably under a bit of pressure. You switched across onto him. And got joy. Yeah, and it was probably that. It was probably um, we all know Edward and, and Edward's caliber. And I just um, that night, a lot of the play was going down the far side. I was kind of where I was in the first half. There was nothing happening at all. Everything you know was a hundred miles an hour over the far side of the field, and it was probably because I'd say, and it's amazing how sometimes you can sum things up. The All Ireland Junior Final had been been on before it. Um, Bally Raggett and team from Cork um, down around Charneville, I think. And we were playing afterwards, but in the first half, Edward was on the Hogan stand side and we were on the far side. But that's where all the crowd was, and it's just the play can get get attracted to that side a lot from puckouts or whatnot, and everything seemed to be the all the players seemed to be coming down on that side and it, it was 100 mile an hour stuff and there was nothing going on over our side and I think just after 20 or 25 minutes they just switched maybe to give Edward a breather or whatnot and and kind of the, the ball start, started bouncing for me and and it, look at the thing went well for me that night it went well for a lot of lads that night and we went to man down before half time we were at halftime, I'm sure if you were a betting man, you wouldn't be backing us. But again, that resolve that was that was built up over the years and those stepping stones and those victories against great teams um, stood to us, you know, and, and the character was tested. And I think that was that turned out to be a massive win as well. And of course, um, the following year, you won another championship against Bindersound and then you beat St. Mons in 2013 and end up in a Leinster final against Alor Dabala. Which you win? Yeah, that was that was that was massive, you know. And and I suppose we took great inspiration from the heroic teams, and and we spoke about that, and we spoke about the Blues team, you know, that went to Port Leash and and, and won the Leinster Club football final. Another great team through the history of Cardo, that Blues team. But um, I suppose, you know, the night before there was a bad car accident, and, and Richard Kelly. Richard Kelly was in a bad car accident with Connor Hayes, and and um, I suppose it, it happened the Saturday night before the Leinster final, and there was a lid being kept on it by management, and we only found out the next morning. And I remember I was lying in the bed the next morning, and the missus was letting me have a lie in, and I remember Christy Keeley rang me, and he says to me, "Um, where are you?" And I says, "I'm in the bed." He says, "This is the biggest game of our." Of our career, he says, and you're you're in the bed. He says, I'm after ringing Edward. He's in the bed. He said, he said, I hope everyone is as relaxed as he boys today. And I think the game was in Nolan Park. We were going in as massive underdogs. No one was giving us a prayer. Owler had been beaten in in three or four previous to it. Um, it was in our favourite venue of the whole lot, Nolan Park, and 
the, as I say, we went in and the rest is history. It's confined to the history books now. It ended up being one of the great days in, in Carlos Sports, you know. When you collapsed onto your knees and kind of gesturing to the man above, was it to the man above or was there someone in particular you were kind of praying to? No, that was the man above, yeah. That was, that was just, that was it all coming out there. It was, you know, for for Eric team to come after you or, or anything, you know, what we had achieved now was just like, you know, you were you were confined to the history books now, and no one could ever take that away from you. And and it meant an awful lot from the journey where we had started to where we were now. You know, from taking those thirty points beatings to to being the kings of Leinster, and and I guess that um, I I and I often tell the boys this story. In two thousand and four, I was in um around two thousand four, I was in Greg Namana on St. Patrick's Day and I was in, there was a Ballamurphy man, he owns a pub in Greg Namana, Mick Dial, and I was in the pub and Borough were playing Dunloy in, in, in an All-Ireland Club final and Pat Dial owns the pub anyway and Pat shouts out to me, well, Hick, uh, will will Rangers ever get to a, an All-Ireland final or will a Carlow team? And there was four all men and and they were sitting, um, they were sitting at the far end of the bar and I remember him laughing quite loud and saying, Carlo, this and Carlo, that. And are you cracked and all this? And, and 10 years later, we were there, you know. And I thought about that on the bus. It came into my head on, on, on the way up. I'll never forget it. It came into my head on, on the way up to the match on the bus. It's amazing the way things come back to you, you know. Yeah, it's unreal, really. And you think about it, like in the yeah. space of a decade, there you are. You end up in Crow Park. Big win over Loch Lean, the semi-final up in Newry. And then you take on Port Humna on the biggest stage of them all on Paddy's Day. Yeah, and it was it was obviously it was great times, great memories. You look back on them now, and and you do honestly say to yourself, yeah, we were blessed, and and we were blessed, and and there's no point in saying any different. Yeah, we worked hard and all that, but you know, we met our own luck a lot of the time. We the gods smiled on us, and. You know, to be up there and all Ireland final day on Patrick's Day against, you know, one of the greatest club teams of all time. And I think we gave a good account of ourselves, um, conceded no goal. Um, and I think if you go back over the history of club finals between that and now, I think all the other finals, you know, I think we lost by eight points or something, 19-11 or something. But I think that um, previous to that and after that, there was a lot of hammerings in, in the all Ireland club finals. And... I remember at halftime we were we were well in it and, and five minutes gone in the second half we were well in it and they just, you know, knuckled down and, and they're a bit probably experience and it's like that experience that, that we learned in Carlo and other places. We hadn't that experience and they they put it to the fore and, and again the best team won on the day and there was no doubt about that, you know. Heartbreak for you personally, of course, seat on your cruise in the lead up to the final and ended up missing it. Yeah, look, um, done my crochet yeah, two and a half weeks before it, and you know, and I was getting punished there for something that I had done down the road. I always say that, that that look, if, if you do something, you know, you'll have something that'll happen you good, and it'll mean maybe that you'll have to miss something else, and and that's the way I looked at it. And uh, all I can say is to that, we had a great squad and we a great panel and. You know, at that stage, it was yeah, it was heartbreaking to 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 not play or not be involved in it. But at the same time, to 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 sit there on the bench and look out at the lads you grew up with, and 
it's like I said about the 30 pint hammerings and now look at him. These are your friends. These are the boys that, that you die for. And, you know, you go to war for these boys who go to war for you every time and you go to war for them. And it was just, you know, the honor of even being there and just with the boys was, 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 um, enough for me, you know. Just on the county front, before we kind of switch our attention to county football and club football, um, some great days in the Carla jersey. Chris Ring medals in 08 and 09. Victory over Wexford in the league. Um, can you recount some of those highlights and uh, maybe share your thoughts on it now, having the opportunity to look back? Yeah, um, went in with the county first in 98. Brendan Fenley brought me in, God rest him. Um, and I was mad that Brendan brought me in that time. Um, myself and the Duke went in. But kind of late in the year, and the Duke and, and myself were on on the minor team, and um, we got brought in just to just to make up numbers. That's that's really what it was um, for training matches and that. And it was a great experience. Uh, some great players there that time: Martin Farrell, Balling Killen. You know, um, just a huge honor to be to be around them lads um, with the wealth of experience they had, um, and. Instead, kind of with the hurlers right through, missed a couple of years in between with, with Owen Garvey. Um, came back then, Jim Green, and missed, I think, missed six and seven. 98 to 2005, and then missed um, six and seven. And went back in then in eight with, with, with um, Jim Green. And, you know, it was kind of a new emphasis, mad stuff altogether. Um Mount Sion man coming in, he brought a lad in with him, John McGrath, absolutely nutcase, um, kind of world's strongest man kind of stuff, um, putting, <laughs> put, putting, putting six inch nails through blocks before matches and tearing up phone books and bending the horseshoes and, and Jim then unfortunately only got the one year we had won the Christy ring and, and there was a disagreement there or whatnot, new rules that came in and you had to stick by the rules and, there was a disagreement at a higher level and, and then Kevin came in and mad another club man at gyms just you know the way it worked out and I think Kevin brought I think Kevin was the game changer for a few years I think Kevin brought Philly Flynn with him he brought um, Jerry Fitz with him Jerry had, had been over the Irish basketball team Kevin had been a selector under Justin McCarthy with that great Waterford team of 2002 3 four. they had won Munster finals uh, Jerry was with him as well, and they um they took the thing to a whole new level. We won the Christie Ring then again in nine. Then we went up in ten, and and it's mad the way you look back on it. In ten, when when we we did yeah, we got West for the National Hurling League in Carlo, uh, great massive day. And the following Sunday, we played Clare in the National Hurling League, and and Clare beat us be a point. Like, and I often refer to it like the sparrow was over him, and between. 10 and 13, Claire went on to win the All-Ireland in 13 in, in three years, you know. And that time under Kevin Ryan, like he was bringing us down to play a Wofford. That was our kind of our first real real feel for this kind of, of step to be playing the likes of Wofford. Like Wofford were a big name. Um, and we had cracking games with him. I remember going down to Wofford one Friday evening to play Wofford and, and they had all the big boys playing. And it was like something like maybe 317 to 23 or 4 points which which wouldn't be bad you know it, like there was only a few points in it and I remember Owen Kelly I remember Frank pulled off a super save off a penalty from Owen Kelly and making super saves Frank did and, and 
it was kind of, you know, you'd be going home in the car and you're saying, geez, you never thought you'd see this day when Waterford would be playing in a challenge match and they'd actually play, you know. And then uh, we were going out to Limerick and we bet Limerick below in a challenge match in in uh, Limerick. And, you know, the thing was between 2008 and 10, 11, you know, the thing was going, going really well. And then there was a couple of setbacks. And then look, a younger, newer group came in and they pushed on that mantle again. Um, just reverting back to 06 and 07, Owen Garvey was overseeing that time. Did you not want the hurdle for Garvey or did Garvey not want you? I know, it was nothing like that. It was, it was, what it was, was I had a pine idol sinus on my back and, and Owen rang me to go in at the start and I went in, or I didn't go in because I was having this operation on my back. So coming up in the build up to Christmas. So after Christmas, I had said to Owen, I go back in and then I went and played a soccer match and Owen rang me and said to me, look, you're playing soccer and you won't come in with us. And we kind of had a bit of a disagreement on that. And I felt that, um, I felt I might be better off away at that stage. And, and so I just didn't go in over on or under on in, in six and seven then. But, um, on again, I, I, nothing personal from either of us. It was just a decision that was made. And Owen was good for Carl Hurland at that time. And from where I was, between 2000 and 2004, when from when Owen came in, then he he definitely gave it a lift. There's there's no doubt about that. And Owen, I I think will be looked back on as one of the creators or the starters of this journey where he took it to a level. And then Jim came in and got us over the line. And then Kevin came in and built on that and and kept building. You know. So one of those big wins we mentioned Wexford in the league, but. Being league, uh, beating Leash, I should say, in the championship, massive day. Um, Leash really came strong, despite the fact that G seemed to dominate for the most part. And Dennis Murphy scored a point off his knees, which wasn't shown on the RT highlights, which still amuses me. Yeah, Dennis scored a point, yeah. And look, Dennis, for me, was one of, if not the best hurler that I've ever played with. He um, he was a young man coming onto the scene. And I think that day he hit one something and he, he he wasn't taking the freeze. He was hitting him from play and he could score that point off the freeze. He got a yellow card that day. It was his first and maybe only yellow card. And I, and I sent him the picture there a couple of years ago. It's it's on sports file or whatever. I'm getting the yellow card. And uh, he, he sent me back the hands over the face. And, you know, and Dennis was, Dennis for me was, was special that way. And it's like you say, it wasn't on it. Like, like people forget that. I suppose Dennis is a lad that I'd often looked at for inspiration, even though, there probably be nine years between us. He'd done his cruciate three times. He came back from his cruciate every time stronger. Um, over his career now, and he's only 30 now, touching 30, he's played most, more maybe than lots of players will ever play at any level because he played minor county football. He played, played in the Leinster minor county football final, uh, Leinster minor hurling final. He always turned his way in with the county and he turned, he ended up having a remarkable career both with club and county, you know, and uh, and he should be, and I think rightly so, remember, as one of the greats in, in Carlo Hurling, you know. Absolutely. Playing under-21 finals when he was 14 or 15 and he's a year older than me, actually, so all I remember is him tormenting us and hurling and football the whole way up along. Him and Paddy Kyo were just outrageous. That's my memories of underage hurling in particular. But um, I'm going to venture across the county football because you played under Pat Rowe, I think, in around 2001 yeah. when Carl played Kildare in Crow Park and then you came back with John Kearns in 07. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knocked around with, with Pat and Muxer Condon and there was, I think it's Andy got, was in, <laughs> we got a shorts thing there for a while um, from Leash. Uh, it, it was kind of a quick, it was a quick inter-county management one with Carlo and yeah, but um, yeah, I played under Pat Rowe and, and I suppose Pat, for me, would be one of the best trainers. At that time, Pat Rowe, when I trained under him first, I remember, I've often said it, and he was the best trainer I've ever trained under. When I met Pat first, he was brilliant. Now, Tommy came on the scene after it, and Tommy was obviously toast a god, Tommy Mullally, but um, Pat Rowe was definitely definitely special. Um, he was a great man, had a great affection towards players, um, was probably the first manager I met at that time that, that had that affection towards players, where which progressed later and is really to the forefront now that you can't go in and deliver a message now to players um, and expect them all to wash on them all. It's nearly you have to treat the individual more so now in the dressing room and you kind of have to have that work done prior to the match. And Pat kind of brought that emphasis and one Pat won the Bourne Cup and we played in the Leinster Championship, played Wicklow and, and Super Wicklow team, Harry Murphy was over him. Um, He's still with right new now, and and you know they had fabulous footballers. They had the Burns from Shalala, Don Jackman in the middle of the field, and we went up to Newbridge to play them, and um, drew with them, and beat them in the replay, and then play Kildare in the Leinster semi final, and I think Kildare were Leinster champions. I remember Willie Willie Quinlan giving an exhibition, and great players in that team: Mark Carpenter, Johnny Nevin, Alan Ball. Like the blue, the Blues were strong that time. They were winning three in a row in Carlo, um, but. Great players was have I've always considered it an honour. I think the football. What I learned with football was in those earlier years, the football was definitely number one in Carlo. That the football was they they did get treated better, and and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way towards the county board, but it was just that the footballers were always perceived as number one, and to go in there and and try your lot in with the likes of Sean Kavanagh, Raffili, and these lads. Like these were. I remember going in the first time and seeing Sean Cavanagh and, and talking out beside him, like, and you'd be in awe of this man, you know, and six foot six, giant of a man, brilliant footballer, brilliant club footballer with Raph Philly, you know, and, and John Hickey, a Finna, Val Fleming, Stephen O'Brien, Finna were good that time, they got to a county football final, uh, you know, fabulous footballers, Brian Farrell, Skiach, Mark Carpenter, as I said, like, that was a fabulous crew that time, and then went, as I said, was playing hurling and gave it a miss for a couple of years and then went back in under under Muxer and Andy and then John Kearns and played against Offaly in, in the Leinster Championship in seven and and got beaten in that in the back door then and I think Waterford put us out of the championship that time. But the the first love was always hurling, you know. Um which brings me to the point about Rangers in football. I mean you've got to several semi finals at senior level and seem capable of winning the senior championship. And you rightly said there that number one is Harlan down in Rangers. There is a couple of guys that are football first in Rangers. They're few and far between. I'm sure they're feeling very frustrated because obviously you are capable of winning one. Yeah, and, and I won't disagree with what you said. And I believe that probably the timing was right for us. If ever a time was right for us and set up for us properly, it was 2008. Because... When they beat us in that county final, the following week we were playing the senior football semi-final. And I believe that if we had beaten Nave Breed, now you can maybe take 
inspiration from that Michel team of the 80s that won the double and now there's a golden opportunity here we're playing A-Rogue if we get over A-Rogue we have a real chance of winning this county final and but when that ball went into the back of that net there was no one wanted to play football the following Sunday and we all went and we all played but it, you were you were sick to the pit of your stomach after losing that county final if, if you get where I'm coming from it was it was when that final was went and AF Breed had won A-Rogue had also won the semi-final I'm not saying even in in let us win it, we we would have beaten Aero, but we definitely would have been a damn damn lot closer than we were um, had that ball not hit the back of the net. I don't think you were bet by too much by Aero that day, were you? As no, it turned out, no, I think four or five points. But look, we always we 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 no disrespect, we love the football down here. We we love it, but there there does come a stage where you nearly that time you have to remember, like there was. There was Bagnastown were a senior hurling team, Breed were a senior hurling team, Caratown were a senior hurling team. There was six or seven senior hurling teams, so you had to play. It wasn't like now four teams or five teams now with Bagnastown, but the last couple of years four teams, and and you could say to yourself maybe we should take the football serious for for a bit here. And plus, I suppose the big thing now is where the club is really suffering is that you have twelve in with county senior team. You have 10 or 12 in with county under 21 team. That's 24. How do you train? Do you know what I mean? Because the core group is in with, with county teams throwing their lot in. And, and I, I've often felt for the last few years, maybe, and definitely not using this as an excuse, because for the last few years, a real good St. Mullins team has come to have won three in a row and, and rightly so and deserve to win it. There's, there's no doubt in that. But I feel that just the way it's been going the last few years, that just... To have 12 in is unsustainable that that the club really suffers because you take that that ring team and that Joe McDonough team and them, you know, like there was seven, eight, nine starters. So they were constantly, constantly going. Now, to be fair, this year, it can't be used an excuse because a lot of the lads aren't playing this year during the way, the way it transpired. And and Dennis stepped away from it. Uh, and uh, um, But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out over the next while. Um, before I go on to the curveball of the series, which is, of course, to pick your best 15, and because you're a dual player, you ask you to pick a football in hurling, which you have to include yourself on, which lads are going mad over, but hey, my series, my rules. <laughs> but um, before I go on to that, just a quick one on management, because it seemed that it was going to be the obvious transition for you. You're so passionate about the game. And a couple of years back, you were over Carnew and got to two county finals. Yeah, and um, yeah, look, um, I enjoy it. Um, I I suppose when, when when you do retire and and it'll come to us all, and I suppose when you're that deeply engrossed in it, like the Franks and the Edwards and the Garys and all these guys, and many other sportsmen around the county, um, will know what I mean from this. When you come and it comes that day to hang up the boots like it's a sad day and you do actually feel a sense of loss it, it is like somebody dying and it's like you're on the outside now you're not on the inside anymore and you're not part of it and I felt for me anyway that I had reached the stage where I wasn't good enough anymore the legs were starting to windle I had won, won um, or I had done the cruciate um, went back I played in a bit of intermediate because I hadn't played the 14 season because I was I was um, rehabbing from the cruciate, won the intermediate and played Michelin senior Ireland semi-final the same day and Kevin McDonald scored four goals and 
didn't play and, and, and a row broke out and I ended up getting getting suspended um, for going on to the field and pushing Rangers lads down the field. Um, I was a sub and the next thing I was hit with the suspension for, for breaking the white line had interfered with no opposing player, had video evidence to prove it and no trying to book at me and I suppose it's it's a disappointing note for me to think that, you know, the last probably run out in Dr. Cullen Park, I knew that that year was it for me. And I probably would have got game time in the final the way it transpired because Sam Wunners beat us and, and rightly so. And Gary Kelly ended up getting suspended. Willie ended up getting suspended. Paul Cody ended up getting suspended. Willie, Paul and me for breaking a white line, a pitch incursion. Um, and thought it was very harsh, didn't look for any special favours, had done nothing wrong, had the video evidence to prove it, but still trying to book at me and hurt very much and um, still hurts and very disappointing way to end. And But that was the end for me then. It hurts when I think about it. Um, but look, let bygones be bygones. It's done and dusted now for me. I've moved on and... It's just a disappointing note when, when, whenever it's reflected upon, you know. Did that draw passion going into a coaching career part then? Did, yeah, I wanted to. I felt that, um, you know, if I wasn't going to be around, I needed to do something to keep me busy. We had young kids at home and the wife and myself, we, we got, I got approached from a few clubs and obviously we, we sat down and we spoke about it and we felt Karen knew was the right fit because it was hurling and football and they are three years now Got to two county finals in the first year, two semi-finals last year, really enjoying it. Um, great group of players. Remind me of, of, of a kind of ourselves from that 2000-2005 period. I feel that if they do kick down the door once, they'll, they'll, they'll be a force to be reckoned with for a number of years because they're getting a good group of young lads coming there the last couple of years and they, they take on board everything you say and they listen and they want to learn and really, really happy down there. So, uh, right, let's go to these teams. We'll start with Hurland first. Goalkeeper. Oh, God. And it's your choice that... Oh, yeah. Can I not leave myself out, no? No, not happening. Uh, Frank Foley, anyway, obvious goalkeeper. Um, best goalie I ever played with. Um, if he was in any other county, he probably would have won an all-star. Um, top-notch, free-take and anything. You name it, he's done it. Um, definitely lucky throughout my career to have him behind me in the number one jersey. Uh, full back line? Duke cornerback, one of the greats. Um, went to school with him, played minor with him, under 21 with him. Gentleman, on and off the field. Um, the joke, without a doubt. Uh, full back, Tom Doyle. Um, it's obviously it's obviously the county team. It's it's longevity. It's your, you, you did state that to me, that it's, it's a county team. So, I suppose for for the long stint I was there, Tom Tom was there, uh, excellent fullback. I suppose from a club point of view, Gary Doyle fullback, um, probably the best fullback I've played with. Only Gary probably never gave his lot in with the county, but Tom Doyle definitely while I was in there was was number one for me. Yeah, I went for Willie in the corner. Um, First early years, Captain Rangers to win the championship as as a forward, but definitely Kevin Ryan putting back on her back. One of Christy Arena on her back. Um, look, Willie was a special player. He was the one in our house born with a bit of skill. So he he definitely for me would be on any team, you know. 
So half back line. Uh, Johnny the Rock, Johnny Nevin, um, both hurling and football. Johnny was unbelievable person, um, absolutely outstanding in both codes. Uh, Johnny would have to be wing back. Shane Cavanagh centre back. Um, another grey hurler. You know, throughout the years had many battles with Shane. Um, but when you, when you get, as I said earlier, when you when you get to a certain stage of your career, you look back on it and you say to yourself about players you played with and he was definitely a great hurler great centre back just on Johnny Nevin right so he's known as legend down our way and you're known as legend down there did you inherit that from him or who's the real legend Johnny Nevin's the real legend make no bones about that <laughs> and he's training our footballers now we saw there's there's great respect there Johnny is a lovely fella and Johnny is number one Johnny's the legend boy. Um, left half back Eddie, Eddie Cody, sure. Eddie, look, most cap player in Carlos history, um, speaks for itself, you know. Middle of the field. Uh, Declan Kavanagh, Sam Mullins. Yeah, one of the best I've played with. Um, tough cookie, um, just leader and and grey hurler, and he would deserve his, his place on any, any Carlo team, you know. I take it you slot yourself in beside him? Yeah, if I have to slap myself in beside him, I but I, I I have no problem now slapping somebody else in beside him. Definitely not. Yeah, that's where the tricky part is in Curveball Central and all that half forward line. Um, Robbie Robbie Foley at wing forward. Um, God could could turn the game in a second. The great goal in that Christy Ring final in nine, but Robbie was a brilliant hurler and and definitely you'd have to be there at ten. Um, Pacodi at eleven. Um, Remember the first match? Vaguely remember my father bringing me to Bangastown, Pat playing with Carlo in the number 21 match against Kilkenny. And oh my God, that day he was, he gave some exhibition, I remember. Sean Sprung was on that team, Killeen Griffith, to push Kilkenny to the pin in their collar. I think Pat Cody could have scored 14, 15 points. And I remember coming home wanting to be Pat Cody, but Pat Cody, you know, gave us our fair share of punishment throughout the years. But Pat Cody was a brilliant hurler. And completing the half hour line? I have kind of Damien Roberts, John Cody. Can I say Damien Cody, no? <laughs> It'd be an interesting hybrid, all right. Um, yeah, look, the two boys, look, it, it's it's chalk and cheese. Like, if I'd have no problem slotting Damien in and there at number nine beside Declan Cavanagh. He was a great player. Again, many battles with him through the years. But he was he was a great hurler. Um, and if I was picking John, it'd be the same for that position. Man of the match in two county finals for us. Great club order as well. It'd be either or. Uh, who are you going for though? I have to push you. I'd be biased. I'll stick with me on. <laughs> yeah, if not, you could be getting two black eyes. Uh, full <laughs> forward line. Um, Dennis Murphy. Um, Dennis, for me, as I said to you earlier, one of the, Dennis is just phenomenal. Dennis would be on all my teams any day. No one would ever take him off him. He's at 13. Um, Big Dez is at 14. Um Big Des' career speaks for itself too. Um, Hurler year twice. Uh, led Michel to county titles. Um, just an animal of a man and a gentleman off the field. Um, one of the real nice guys of Carlo Hurling off the field that you could have a genuine chat with and, and on the field would, would take your life if you tried to stand in his way from his end target or rattling the onion bag. But however, Des will get 14. And I suppose 15 then, like, Brendan Lawler, Mark Brennan, Paddy Kehoe, like, you know, I suppose, for me, I, I'd slot Paddy in there 
because Paddy, when he came on the scene, we burst onto the scene there as corner forward. And I remember in that Christy Ring success in nine, he was probably didn't get the credit he deserved for that. He was he was outstanding and and great great player, you know. And and just again another gentleman off the field. And look, if the easy thing for you to do was to pick a twenty, because I could have put in Deshaw, Jacko, Richard Cody, Brendan Lauder, or Mark Brennan, but. You know, I didn't hurl probably so much with, with Richard, I suppose. I was coming to the end at 10. My last year hurling with county team was 10. Richard was bursting onto the scene that time at county level. Obviously, if you were picking a club team or if you were picking, if I had been lucky enough to play for the last 10 years from 10 to 20, obviously Richard would be, on, would be one of the first names down on it. Mark Brennan, Brendan Lawler, Jacko, like, you know, who do you leave out? Johnny Nevin, Shane Cavan, Edward Cody. But like... You know, I've played with so many great players and lucky to be playing with him. Desi Shaw, the same, a corner back, like, you know, Jack Cavanagh is another one. I didn't play much with Jack. If, if you played, Jack was kind of like Richard, the two of them with the one age. They, the last 10 years has been has been their highlight and the two of them would be on, on any team from the last 10 years. But um, look, I was lucky enough to play with some great players and, and as I say, as a consider, look back now in, in your maturity, you'd say to yourself how blessed you are, you know. Right, so let's move on to football then. Um, I'd imagine this gives you as, as many headaches. Yeah, look, there was fabulous footballers. That 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 starting team that that I went into, like it'll be heavily based on that because they were all like every one of them were leaders. Like if you look at number one, James Clark, James Clark would be number one on any team. Um, gentleman, great shot stopper. Father, the same, just lovely, lovely people, and worked so hard on his game. And you'd even see that. I remember before trains and after trains and watching him, and he kicking out the ball, and everything had to be right, and taking a bag of balls, and his father bringing home the footballers as the kip man. And you'd know well, like that they wouldn't be staying in the van till the next day you train. The other lad would be in the field, probably kicking them out. But um, James Stark, brilliant, brilliant player. Uh, full back line, John Hickey, Afina, um, John. Under Pat Rowe, blossomed, fabulous, fabulous cornerback. Um, that year he had some run, um, great player. Um, Andrew Gordon, fullback, uh, Lord of Mercy on Andrew. He he was called heaven too early. Um, if not the best fullback ever played with Carlo in football, um, absolutely brilliant and attacking fullback. He'd be up around the middle of the field. He really brought that attacking emphasis to a team. And beside Andrew, I'd have Brian Farrell, a pal, another fabulous footballer. Um, Half-back line, John Hayden of, of O'Loughlin. Um, again, probably feel, feel um, throughout the years, John didn't get the credit he deserves. Um, real tough man on the ball. No dirt, no nothing. If you wanted it hard, John would play hard. If you wanted it fair, John would play fair. Absolutely fabulous man. A gentleman off the field as well. Uh, centre-back Stephen O'Brien Afena uh, equally as good at hurling just Stephen was a good footballer um, good lad to be around in, a, in around them county teams um, you know he always push himself to the limits um, real tough man um, great footballer um, beside him I'd have Johnny Kavanagh you know Johnny was uh, I suppose wing-back that time fast attacking wing-back could equally play in the forwards. Uh, lovely fellow, but on and off the field, but but definitely would be on my team at wing back. Right, so we moved midfield. Uh, I spoke about this man earlier, Sean Kavanagh. 
all day long, Sean, uncontested. Um, beside him? Uh, I'll, 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 I'll go in beside him there because I, if I have to be on it, I'm going beside him. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just because you idolise him at the time and probably ah, idolise yeah. him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sean Kavner's, Sean Kavner was absolutely fabulous man, fabulous football. I was thinking that because I, I don't know if I remember you as a midfielder. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going, I'm going in beside him anyway. <laughs> Whether he likes it or not. Yeah. Right, half hour line. Uh, Johnny Nevin, a wing forward. Um, spoke about Johnny earlier on the hurling team. Johnny would be there all day long. Johnny's history proceeds him, so there's no probably no need to talk much about it. I put Dotty Burn of Kilavin in at eleven. Dotty probably would be more suited there beside Sean, but I'll make wave. I'll put him in there at eleven. Big strong man. Uh, played a good bit with Dotty throughout the years, through underage and that, and just just great footballer and to finish off the half hour line then Scobie Reid a pal Paul Reid um, felt even the team of the decade was picked there recently the last decade and definitely a clear omission for me was was him just felt he brought the pal forwards to another level during the last 10 years they won a back-to-back championship there and I remember him playing Raffili in one of those finals and like they tore athlete to shreds. Like it was, it was as good as football performance I've seen over over the last fifteen years in Carlo. And the Reeds were definitely to the forefront of that. But but Scobie was just Scobie, different animal. Like like Lightning, and and was able to mix it up. And again, a gentleman off the field. I feel the full forward line is going to be tasty. The full forward line, uh, Skiakil take thirteen jersey. Um, great player, lovely fella. Uh, good footballer by um, free take or left or right you give it to Skjok Skjok will do it for you um, delighted that them boys won county medals because they deserved it because they were kind of like us a lot they were coming and coming and coming and couldn't break down that door and then they eventually broke down the door and Skjok would definitely be on that team uh, full forward in the gentleman of Carlo football Mark Carpenter um, probably if not one of the best that, that, that I've played with and top bloke by, um, you know, always kick big scores. Often remember him kicking big scores for both the Blues and Carlo and came out with nowhere, um, late developer and then just took control of the county team there for about 10 years. Last but not least. Willie Quinlan. Uh, Willie you'd definitely have to be on, on, on that team was... Like I look at that team and I look at Willie and the history he had, like in his his the Leinster medals, you know, and you look at Mark with his Leinster medals, and I just look at that football team and you know I'm just so delighted that I did get to go in and play a bit of county football because when you look back that you share the dressing room and the jersey with them boys, the likes of them players, Johnny Nevin, Sean Cavanaugh, all them lads, Brian Farrell, Stephen O'Brien, them boys, they were they were serious ballers, you know, and and. Val Fleming, Joe Byrne, Alan Bow played with all them lads. You know, absolutely Alan Bow, I think, for me, probably again, he, where he's not on my team, if you were picking a 20, I'd definitely have him in. And I remember, he I didn't know much about him before I went in with the county, but he'd always have a helping hand for you, always say hello to you, ask you how you were going. And, you know, meant a lot to me. And, and, real gentleman and, and was a big player for that Blues team that won the Leinster final James it's been a pleasure talking to you over the last hour and 10 minutes or so some great memories there that you're 
lucky enough to be able to recall. Um, if 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 a lot of people out there had half the success you did, they'd be pretty happy. But um, thanks for joining us. Great to go through those memories. Yeah, look, it's it's been a pleasure uh, um, there, and, and I've enjoyed it. And look, as I said to you, the first few years weren't hectic, and I'm lucky that that the second part of my life was was kind of took over by a bit of success anyway. And I suppose can look back on it now with fondness and look I've enjoyed it and I wish you all the best with this Kevin thank you for listening we have another great show lined up for you next Monday don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and check us out on social media until next time take care